0: You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today we return to the monthly series Back to the Future, in which we discuss the renewed interest in traditional approaches to food, farming, and natural resource preservation. Today, we're speaking with Danny Jeffries, president of the Ilderton Agricultural Society about rural fall fairs and celebrating local agriculture. Welcome, Danny.
0: Thanks, Peggy. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today.
1: I'm just so glad to have you on the show. Danny, how long have rural fairs been in our area and what is their purpose?
0: Yeah, the the answer is a really long time. Specific to our fair, originally um, it was hosted by what was called the London Township Agricultural Society. Uh, back in the 1850s, so quite a long time ago. At the time, they originally started with two fairs a year, uh, held in both the spring and fall as a bit of a celebration to bring the community together. More recently, since the 1920s, uh, we've been a single fall fair in Ilderton. Since the 60s, we, we've we changed our name to the Elderton Agricultural Society, now that um, the society has moved from Arva, where it originated, to Ilderton.
1: Wow. So some incredibly deep roots when you go to the Ilderton Fair this year. Some of the uh, hope and the celebrations and the fun have been very, very long-standing and long lasting. And certainly we all look forward to harvest celebrations. But what makes rural fairs and the Elderton Fair unique?
0: I think the main thing that is unique about these rural fairs is it's an opportunity for our community to come together in these small towns. Oftentimes, there's a lot of community gatherings at places like the arena for for hockey games and that type of thing. But the the Rural Fair really has something for everybody and brings people from all walks of life together uh, in a celebration. Importantly as well, it also showcases the hobbies and interests of many of our neighbors, and some of the things that they they work on throughout the year. These small town fairs bring a lot of uh, patrons to the area and enhance our economies.
1: Great, so lots to look forward to in going to a rural fair, and just to see the green grass and the what's happening in harvest. You know, the wheat's probably is likely off by then, but the corn may not be and looking at the blue, blue sky and just seeing what's happening with farmers on your way to the fair. And then certainly when you get there, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute, just the incredible range. Not very often do you get to see quilting and knitting and painting and Uh, a pumpkin that's what 300 pounds 320 pounds Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know and chickens and you know all of these incredible things that there's competitions for Um, you don't often get to see that and so it's a real experience. And how does promoting and celebrating rural creative arts and lifestyles add to everyone's quality of life,
0: Danny? When I talk specifically related to our fair and and what we're doing here, the and community is really proud of its history and heritage and, and how it ties back to agriculture and to the land. And really this celebration of the creative arts we're celebrating our neighbors and and we're providing them a showcase of their hobbies and talents obviously there's an element of competition to all this we do award ribbons and and prize money um for those entrants that uh, uh win but many times it's it's really just a way of sharing our passions and sharing our talents uh together with family and friends and and showcasing that to the community, these exhibits and these these creative arts, they showcase some of the traditions too that have been passed down uh, from other generations. Like you mentioned, quilting, for example, that's not something that uh, a lot of people just pick up. Oftentimes, it's grandparents or parents that are encouraging us and teaching us. And uh, that connection with family gives some of these traditions a reason to continue. I think that's important.
1: I I couldn't agree with you more. And there's something just so comforting, you know, in our incredibly busy world, I think that those traditions really are important and they're coming back more and more people are seeking, um, handiwork to remember they are a creator too, not just a consumer. Social media, of course, is important. Mm -hmm. We want to stay connected and we have access to the world, but there is a point at which that can become overwhelming and exhausting. We're looking for meaning. And it's so wonderful to see some of the examples that you just mentioned out at the Elderton fair. So creating awareness to natural resources, you mentioned that a little earlier in the show, uh, Danny and, There's many related opportunities and achievements and it's a top of mind sustainability these days and how to fall fairs help spread the word of what's going on in agriculture, in our natural resources, management, and also innovation.
0: Related to this, I think almost every industry to some uh, extent is very reliant on natural resources. And obviously farming is no different to grow a crop or, or raise an animal you ultimately require natural resources or utilizing them in some way. Um, due to this, I think what makes agriculture unique, though, is the special connection and relationship that farmers and the agriculture industry has to mother nature for lack of better term. And as a full fair We work with the agriculture industry to try and tell that story, try and tell the story of that respect that farmers and and producers and the ag industry has for Mother Nature. Uh, One aspect I would highlight, and I think many fall fairs do the same similar idea, is uh, agricultural awareness programs. And so on the Thursday, uh, in advance of our fair, we host grade three students from local schools at the Elderton Fair and uh, we'll have a, a circuit set up um, with uh, different farmers and people involved with the ag industry to try and share the story and, and tell the story of uh, what does it take to grow grain? How do you milk a cow? Some of those those things to try and tell that story on how we utilize these natural resources in efficient ways to try and keep on producing more and more. Um, to meet demands of society as our population continues to grow. And so in addition to that, uh, building off some work that we actually had this past year um, during our COVID uh, fair, um, we're gonna be hosting a farm barn as well, we're calling it. Um, So not only just focusing on that grade three students in advance, but trying to bring broader awareness and outreach uh, to the general public at the fair as well uh, with a little more strategic effort.
1: Yeah. And I was thinking it's show business. You show them um, the things that you normally would not have access to. And it's not quite the same watching the screen that when you see the life side order of magnitude of what is involved in the intricacies. And you had mentioned mother nature, which is many things, it's soil health, it's water management, wind, you you know, all of these things and getting animals, um, you know, on your side and farmers are great at that. And really getting to see that firsthand really does develop that appreciation for this is a profession with a lot of high status knowledge with a lot of specialized care, like any other profession. And so I think, although many county fairs offer those, we're talking today about the Ilderton Fair, that it's really something to see and their appreciation comes with seeing it with your own eyes. It's a fun day, but it's very educational as well. And kudos to you and the fair planning team who have provided these opportunities for so many of us to be able to experience So the Ilderton Fair is coming up September 30th to October the 2nd. And there's a lot of competitions. You had mentioned that in some of the categories. I know pumpkins, pies, crops, photography, dairy, sheep. There's some cattle shows and whatnot. The list is extensive. But Danny, what are some of the oldest categories of competitions at the fair? And what are some of the new ones?
0: Yeah, this is a a difficult question for for me because I think uh, with such a vast and lengthy history, a, a lot of the origins of some of these fair traditions have maybe been, been lost through time. Um, a lot of it has been documented. There's a local historian who's actually written a book uh, about the history of the Ellerton Fair. But I, I suspect many of the original competitions probably relate to um, going back to the the origins and and thinking of Farm produce uh, exhibits, food, baking, canning, uh, the handwork. I think schoolwork has always been a prominent part of it, trying to showcase some of the talents of the youth. Um, and obviously, the livestock shows and sales uh, date far back in history as well. I think more recently, technology has started to Um, be introduced in different ways so something as simple as the photography competition I suspect is uh, somewhat recent Um, there's scarecrow decorating competitions now and then our junior department as well as our 4-H life skills um, competitions I think have expanded a lot recently and a lot of that is geared towards children and youth and and trying to engage them more and um, so, for example, I personally remember doing competitions building things out of Lego and trying to create farm equipment out of Lego or um, uh, different uh, creative things like that using household items to make crafts. Um, so I think some of that is more recent as well.
1: Well, new or old, all of it's a lot of fun and can be seen at the Elderton fair and i'm I'm wondering, Danny, what is one of your favorite memories of the Elderton Fair?
0: Growing up around the fair, it's always a time of celebration with your friends, working with siblings on some of those arts and crafts. More recently, enjoying things with my daughters and and sharing some of my experiences and and seeing some of the animals with them uh, at the fair and just seeing the smiles.
1: And so much to discover. Yeah, I, I agree. Elderton Fair, September 30th to October 2nd. And we're going to talk more about celebrating local agriculture with Danny Jeffries, president of the Elderton Agricultural Society, after the break. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home
0: economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. You're listening to Food for the Future. Danny Jeffries, president of the Ilderton Agricultural Society, is here to share his insights on celebrating local agriculture. Danny, farmers love what they do, yet often they're so busy working the land and taking care of animals or each other. They're just too busy to find time to share their stories of their way of life. So why should we and listeners seek out and celebrate local agriculture?
0: Agriculture, in my mind, provides the goods we consume on a a daily basis. And oftentimes in the mainstream agriculture in a way flies under the radar and in Middlesex center and and probably a lot of rural communities. um, Agriculture is a main economic driver in these communities. It provides a lot of jobs and a lot of livelihoods for many of the people living in our communities and supports our small towns through Um, building infrastructure and and other things in the area as well. Um, So things like the Elderton Fair really provides a platform in in recognizing the importance of agriculture, showcasing the work that goes into making these food ingredients for our dinner tables. Sometimes it can be the fuel that goes in our car or, or the clothing in our closets even. It maybe doesn't seem agriculture is a part of our life at every moment. It it really is. And it. I think it's important for us to celebrate it in our communities and also celebrate all those who are involved in, and contribute um, to to the agriculture industry and farmers as well as um, truck drivers and all these other people involved, uh, barn workers or um, anybody involved in, in the agriculture industry as well. It
1: really does take us back to and help us understand our origins, not only understanding the land and what's grown in our areas, but also the farmers and all of the whole team, everybody that brings the food to our tables. So it reminds me that it's definitely, um, we're very lucky in Canada to have families growing our food. We have a family farm model. And often we think of farming as something that's geographic, right? It's a, it's a area, a place, a destination, a certain geographic region is dedicated to agriculture, but really families run our farms and how can we support this model that i think has been you know be very privileged we've been very privileged to have in canada the family farm and families growing our food how can we um continue to support that danny
0: oftentimes the term corporate farms maybe gets used at, at certain times and in fact this is in a literal sense is probably true as farms are businesses and, and need to be profitable. Uh, however, in a holistic view they 're family corporations with genuine intentions and so I think there's important ways we can support them um, through local farmers' markets are obviously a very direct way to support them or on farm shopping as well there 's a lot of um, for example, uh, local beef uh, that you can go on farm and purchase or different um, things that way, ultimately, trying to keep it as close to home as is possible, or, or Canadian grown, I think is is a very important way in supporting this model of families growing our food.
1: Right. And we, for many, many ways, um, you know, the environmental sustainability and the transport and and all of that stuff, but also just getting to know our communities and the families. And as you mentioned, I, I couldn't agree more. It isn't really old McDonald's farm anymore. We still have the nursery rhymes, but we don't have it as a workable model necessarily. And so um, the administrative structures, whether that's corporate farm, doesn't negate the mission, the vision, the values of the families that are running the farms. And so I think that that's uh, really something to celebrate and to support, and that uh, hopefully Canada, a long time into the future, has families Growing their food and running their farms. And farming's really difficult, though. It's, uh, it's hard work. Um, there's a lot of economic stresses now um, and uh, many, many other things that play, pr- place pressures on farmers. How can we thank our farmers, Danny, for for getting in there and pitching every single day, sun rises and sets, and they're usually working through that entire period and long after? Um, how, do, how do we thank them?
0: Like we were just discussing, one of the most direct ways to thank them is to support them and, and buy their goods and to feed your families. Uh, purchase those Canadian grown and raised products whenever possible. Or as you mentioned, the closer to home, uh, the better in terms of sustainability and supporting people within our communities. Um, even something simple like letters of appreciation uh, sent to uh, some of these organizations that represent farmers, like Grand Farmers of Ontario, or maybe just leave a note in somebody's mailbox on one of these rural roads. Make sure we think, farmers, but also all of those people involved in the agriculture industry. There's many, many people that put in lots of labor and hours and have lots of stress. And and it's there's a huge conglomerate of different roles within the agriculture industry that all contribute to growing food as well.
1: Right. So lots of ways to thank um, farmers and everyone in the agri-food in- industry. And the important part of the message is just do it. Uh, send send out the thanks. And we take a humanities approach to the show, Danny. So we try to add a bit of philosophy, history and creativity to today's food dialogue. And how can these approaches help us celebrate local agriculture?
0: Present day, our access to information and knowledge, it's absolutely incredible. I can go on the internet and find information and knowledge about absolutely everything. And it, it opens all kinds of new doors to our world. But also, maybe pushes us away some from that history and that tradition. And as a as a young person, I I definitely recognize that that being innovative is important and uh, critical. However, tradition and history I feel should be regarded with that same lens of importance as well. And so, celebrating local agricultural world life, rural life through. Um, Fairs such as the Elderton Fair, I I think honors both. That tradition and knowledge gained with working with older generation is just valuable. And I think there's lots of ways we can pick up on this history and and tradition at these rural fairs and in these celebrations as a community.
1: That intergenerational connection, the wisdom that came before us, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's such an excellent point, uh, Danny. And the show is called Food for the Future. How do Rural Fall Fairs and Highlighting Rural Life help create a flourishing food system now and beyond?
0: Through Rural Fairs, we need to continue to put the spotlight on agriculture. Agriculture is becoming more efficient, more automated, more productive. Regardless of how much technology we introduce, um, the ag industry, however, is always going to need people. And at Rural Fairs, if we can inspire young people to engage with agriculture, We should have a great future. The ag industry needs computer programmers, mechanics, scientists, economists, bankers. We need to do our best to inspire children in our communities to stay and work in these communities with agriculture and build a resilient food system uh, locally. I think our fairs, the ag awareness component is critical uh, to making that happen.
1: And showing just the true prestige of being able to work in the agri-food system because of the special moral status food has in everyday life and the full functioning of a human being. And so attracting that next generation, but also celebrating the people that have walked before and are in it now. Incredible. Thank you, Danny. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: I hope to see you at the Elderson Fair, September 30th to October 2nd. Uh, Lots of great events returning again, like you mentioned, the parade, uh, demolition derby, tractor pull. There's going to be lots to do at the fair. Thank you to all our farmers, ag workers, all those involved in the ag industry. And uh, we appreciate you and we appreciate what what you do. Thank
1: you so much, Danny, for our hope-filled conversation today. It's inspiring to know that this exists as an opportunity and that people every day are getting up working towards a, you know, this future of food. Today on the show, we've been speaking about community fall fairs and celebrating local agriculture with Danny Jeffries, president of the Ilderton Agricultural Society. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about. How can you celebrate local agriculture this harvest season? something to do visit ildertonfair.ca to find out how this rural community has celebrated life for 169 years and how you can join in the fun from september 30th to october 2nd at the Elderton fair next week on the show we return to the series food for thought in which we discuss big ideas about food in order to raise the conversation level and find the way forward together i'm your host peggy o'neill home economist and you've been listening to the weekly show food for the future
0: Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980-CFPL and 980-CFPL.ca.